0: Are you listening? 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 listening? This is Are You Listening? With Noah Aaron. Hello and welcome to Are You Listening, the podcast where we talk about the music industry and its vast history. Be sure to check out our Instagram at are you listening Pod or our blog located at inerron1227.wixsite.com forward slash mysite dash one. Today we have a really special episode as I'm joined here with my father, Rick Aaron.
1: Hello. Mr. Rick, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, what would you like to know? Just about you. Well, um, I was born in California, 1964, so I'm officially an old guy? Never. Okay. Um, My father was in the Air Force. We moved around a little bit. Wound up in Noonan, Georgia, where I met Noah's mother. And we set about growing a family. And Noah has two siblings, so we have three kids. And uh, I am—I work at Delta Airlines. And yeah, what else would you like to know?
0: That's all. Just wanting to get to know you a little bit. Gotcha. Um, but what I really want to get to know, uh, for the sake of the podcast, is type of music that you uh, listen to. You said you're old, I don't believe you're old, but uh, you definitely have some experience with the history of music within the last um, handful of years, I would I would say, at the least. Um, but what kind of genres do you tend to listen to and enjoy
1: the most? What kind of artists do you listen to as well? Um, I really like 80s music. I'm kind of uh, a child of the 80s, so I've listened to um, whatever was on the radio at that point. So... Um, 80s music, Um, I really enjoy um, Brian Setzer. We were talking about that a little earlier. Um, He's, uh, I consider, uh, who I consider uh, a musical genius. He's probably um, one of the best guitarists on the planet currently, and um, he single-handedly saved several genres of music And um, I enjoy just about anything he's done. Rockabilly was was his early. He was, um, for those who don't know who Brian Setzer is, he was the lead singer for the Stray Cats. Um, They had several hits in the 80s. Um, And subsequently, he kind of invented a genre where he blended orchestra music with uh, uh rock and roll guitar and um that's phenomenal to listen to. I really enjoy that. And then uh he kind of uh went back to rock and roll roots for a time. Um I think currently he's kind of back to rockabilly with uh, a group called Rockabilly Riot and um for years and years he's he's on, been on tour um doing um Christmas shows every year Mm -hmm. he does a Christmas tour so I really enjoy Brian Setzer obviously I've talked about him for 10 minutes now (laughs) Um, Collective Soul Collective Soul has always been a favorite of mine Um, again from late 80s 80s, early 90s really kind of a local band I think they're from Jonesboro, Georgia Mm -hmm. Um, really enjoy their music so um, those are the the two that, that come to mind
0: yeah, and definitely that um, 80s genre. Um, you're saying you're a product of the 80s, a child of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm i not, but I've definitely grown up listening to that music that you listen to. Yeah, you're to. kind of forced to listen yeah, to. Yeah, definitely. And <laughs> I, I mean, I know who Brian Setzer is. I know there's not a whole lot of people who know who Brian Setzer is, but I agree with you. I think he's had a tremendous impact on the music industry, and he's been one of those artists that has been – consistently producing and releasing music and keeping his career and his genre of music alive um since the 80s yeah and i think that's one thing that um the music industry and the new technology within it has allowed those artists to do is just to keep going basically and and keep going for these new generations like myself and and even the next generation to to be able to continue to listen to right um so for you when the these genres of music um first came out how were you typically listening to
1: them and hearing about them well uh my earliest recollection i guess would be probably uh in the 70s the mid 70s um i was kind of we kind of touched on that that you were forced to be a a listener of 80s music well um you know, I I wasn't in control of the radio, basically. Yeah. So whatever my parents were listening to, is what I what I heard, and it yeah. was country music.
0: Well, who? What kind of country music?
1: Um, uh, seventies country music was what would be considered really old school country. Um, <sighs> Tammy Wynette, George Jones, well, Dolly I think,
0: Parton. See, I think I talked about that last week with Brett a little bit. <clears throat> that this was that was kind of the golden age of country music it was cuz old school to me at least would be kind of Hank Williams that old school kind of right twangy country music mm-hmm. but that 70s like you said Tammy Wynette yeah. um i
1: was was a good era for country music in my opinion yeah it was definitely a resurgence of classic country music yeah. um and into the 80s i think i think the more um, it progressed country music the more it progressed um, I think the more mainstream kind of it became to me mm-hmm. it felt more like popular music yeah it felt more like pop rock blend kind of music mm-hmm. and there it was kind of the lines were kind of blurry there through the 80s and, and 90s yeah and even current country music to me um, most of it um, doesn't really, it's not similar to, to the way it was in the 70s. I
0: think I think one thing that c- throughout its history, country music, especially popular uh, country music, right. is becoming, it kind of becomes a product of the other popular genres of, of music around it. Like if you look at today's country and the country hits that are on the radio and everything, they're, they have a very strong pop Influence yes. and even a rap influence now. I mean, True. there's um, um, a few songs out that have features like, from like country <laughs> rap. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, they'll have features from actual, like rappers. real rappers yeah. instead of that those country artists that are trying to rap. Yeah. Um, but that's what you said. Your first recollection was mm-hmm. uh, as you got older, you said into the 80s, how did you um, consume music then and. Um,
1: through what technologies were you listening listening to it? Um, radio. Yes. Radio-driven, 70s, 80s, radio-driven. Uh, I do remember when I, I got control of a radio, um, I was listening to rock stations. Yeah. Um, classic rock in Atlanta. Um, I became a fan of uh, some of the metal that was going on. Um, Kiss. Kiss. A lot of people make fun of KISS, um, but they were a pretty big musical influence as far as I'm concerned on on a lot of artists. And if you talk to even artists through the 80s, 90s, and even some of the current ones, early 2000s, but even some of the current ones will reference back to their childhood and really were influenced by KISS. Yeah, Um, They they get they get a bad rap sometimes because of the way they present themselves but the music itself um spoke to me mm-hmm. um, i remember one of the first albums that i ever i can't remember if i purchased it or if it was purchased for me was meatloaf yeah it was a an album called bad out of hell and it really really had some great music yeah. on it and it was something that i had never heard before and it it really you know i was like wow this is this is cool um other than that um i recall um the the transition from 70s to 80s was really kind of broad as far as music because yeah. it, the 80s really turned into you you kind of came out of the disco late 70s era Lots of disco music. That's all you heard on the radio, most radio stations. And then it became kind of new wave. There was a big influence from Great Britain, um, the punk rock scene. yeah, And um, n- what, what became known as new wave music mm-hmm. was everywhere. And that seemed like the very antithesis of classic rock and roll Um, And, you know, you had popular music stations playing both, but you really, I think in the early 80s, mid-80s, you really had a lot of stations playing specifically punk music, Mm -hmm. new wave music, and then you had classic rock stations that, that remained true to classic rock. So there was kind of a divide there, and it was almost like the two sides didn't want to coexist with each other. They kind of looked at the other with disdain. Yeah. <laughs> so, um I enjoyed both. Um, like I mentioned, I, I enjoyed um metal. But I really, you know, kinda got into New Wave as well. Mm-hmm. There there are lots of artists that um you can, you know, name 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 off a bunch, but uh Adamant, yeah, um Duran Duran. You know all very very popular you know toured the country with huge stadiums and and um so yeah and as far as uh how i partake uh it was mostly radio at that point Mm -hmm. um and when you there weren't there was no spotify there was no streaming services obviously yeah at that point so um cassette tapes um I think DVDs were late nineties, mm-hmm. mid to late nineties is when DVDs started coming in. But yeah, we would buy cassettes, yeah, and um, play them over and over and over and wear them out in our cars, basically. And uh, yeah, through the through the seventies and eighties, that's that's what I remember the most. That's what, um, alluding back to a
0: couple episodes before this one, I had. Harrison Trawick on, my roommate, and Uh one thing we talked about was how either in the closet at home or in the garage somewhere, um, both of, I know you guys have them, but Harrison was talking about his parents having that stack of cassettes or that stack of CDs that has kind of become obsolete now because you can literally just plug your phone up to the car or whatever, um, whatever you're listening to the music through and play anything you want instead of having to pop that CD or cassette in and skip to whatever track you want to listen to. Um, but I find it interesting the, um, the point you were making between the the difference of that seventies and eighties rock. And I think, uh, I think the biggest difference, at least in my eyes, I wasn't really there to experience it all, but the difference of where those two genres of music are coming from, right? Because there's that punk, metal rock of the 80s right it's anti-establishment yeah exactly but then that 70s kind of soft rock like woodstock kind of yeah it not not a normal term to use but kind of hippie rock is what i kind of think of when i when i think about it right um coming from that place of
1: serenity and just enjoying the music itself yeah it's two different schools of music um obviously they can coexist yeah. Um, well, I mean, they're the same. I mean, they're both rock. It's just Yeah. yeah. but we're, I can remember a time um in what? the 80s where it was not cool. You know, when you're a teenager, yeah, a young teenager, um high schooler, you you want to do what's cool, you want to, mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't cool if you if there was the camps were divided in other words. Mm-hmm. There were hard rockers and there were punk rockers and they were Yeah people that really liked New Wave, mm-hmm. and you could look almost visually at someone and tell Which by their haircut that, yeah. or whatever. You yeah. know, if, if they had, you know, a flock of seagulls haircut, yeah. that person is probably not going to be a hard rocker. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and like you were saying, uh, how it wasn't necessarily cool to listen to that that 70s rock. I remember when I was younger, I mean... Like I said before I listened to the radio and it was your choice of radio in the car really. Yeah. And listening to the both both forms of rock but I remember knowing those songs and I would listen to them um whenever I had a little MP3 player or whatever. Yeah. And the kids at school not really thinking anything of, of that music. They didn't really think that music was cool but it's kind of it completely was they had never heard it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But looking at it now for uh, my age group, it's some of the coolest music. I mean, if you look at TV shows like, um, one that stands out to me especially is, uh, Euphoria, not, not a show that I necessarily watch, but it's extremely popular, um, with college students and high school students and the music from that show. Yeah. And the impact that it has, like, there's a um song called Dirty Work by Steely Dan right. that has become super popular again just because it's been played in this show and I think that's uh one thing that about that music is it can just come back around and just there's like it's like a, a switch is flipped on certain songs or certain artists yeah. and their popularity just comes right back. Right. And I think that, that speaks for that genre of music and how how meaningful it is to more than one generation, um, but how it can just be enjoyed by everyone, right? Because I know a lot of music, a lot of music today, um, isn't so much enjoyed by older generations. I know a lot of the rap isn't necessarily enjoy and as enjoyable as that old school music, and I think that's one thing that I appreciate about it is how it connects generations like right. that. How yeah. you and me can sit down and and even. Papa, my grandfather, can (laughs) sit down and listen to the Beatles or Metallica or the Eagles or Brian Setzer and Stray Cats. Right. Um, So one thing I wanted to get into was the difference in the way that we listen to it nowadays. We talked about that a little bit um, and how it's kept, how it has allowed some of these artists to uh, remain popular because they're still on streaming services. So what have you experienced with the new age technology and listening to
1: these genres? Well, I think um, one of the things that I didn't touch on from from the 80s when you were asking about how we consumed music at that point, um, motion pictures, movies, um, and TV shows to a certain extent were a big um, influence on music. I mean, there were there were movies that came out that their soundtracks basically – became gold albums because the music on them w- was so popular. Yeah. And um I think that worked in the music industry's favor because they had their music um exposed to uh, a wider audience, people that may not listen to their music but wanted to see the movie. And so I think today I think it's that way to a certain extent I think, you know, people are interested in the music, the, the background music and the, and the soundtrack music of, um, major motion, motion pictures and also television shows. Yeah. Um, there are several television shows that come to mind that, um, there are, um, rock and roll groups, um, pop groups that actually compose the theme to that song. Mm -hmm. Friends is one of them. Yeah. Um, and it became very, that that group was popular at the time, but became even more popular because of the popularity of the television show. Yeah. So um, that's interesting to me that those two things kind of um, elevate each other. The, um, you know, the media obviously on a television show is, is very, there's mass appeal there. There's tons of people seeing those shows and, and subsequently hearing that music, so. Um that's interesting. Uh and I think um obviously all the streaming services that there are as far as you can listen to any type of music you would like. So any song you want to listen to. Yeah. Any artist. Yeah. You can
0: I mean I use personally use Apple Music. You were saying um you I talked about Spotify. Spotify. Yep. I mean, that's one thing uh, me and Brett talked about last week was mm-hmm. the the difference between the two and how there's really not much because you can look up any song or if you want to look up an artist, you can type in the Beatles and every one of their albums and every one of their songs is going to pop
1: up. Right. And that would have been so cool in the eighties because (laughs) in the eighties, we basically had to sit and wait for them to play our favorite song on the radio. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Especially before, before it was released on, on a cassette or whatever, um, they were playing, you know, brand-new music, and we were like, wow, we can't wait until that cassette is available so we can buy it. Yeah. And so subsequently, instead of being able to just go on our phones and say, hey, I want to listen to that song, you had to basically sit and listen to the radio until they played your song. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And that's another thing we talked about with the radio was um, how some groups have – that's how they became popular back in the day was they got their music played. Yeah. And then – how when uh, I was a kid when I would listen instead of listening to um, that older rock radio if I were listening to a, like a, a new pop station where the the newer music was coming out how those songs would get run into the ground yeah. almost because yeah. you get tired they, of hearing yeah, them. yeah exactly yeah. instead of instead of waiting it's like oh boy it just came on it was yeah. oh crap here it, at first you get excited and then once you've listened to it five or six times in a 10 minute
1: car ride it's yeah okay, Yeah.
0: let's play something else now. Yeah.
1: And now there's such a, obviously, as time goes by, there's a larger catalog of music. Yeah. So now to hear the same song twice, you might have to listen for days and days to yes. a radio station before you hear that song again. Yeah. Whereas the playlist was so short in the, in the 80s, if you listened for a couple of hours, they would play that song again because it was, you know, if it was a popular song, that is. Yeah.
0: So the last uh, little tidbit I want to get into before we before we conclude this episode um, is the future of the music industry and the release of music and how we listen to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there any direction that you see that heading or anything you would
1: want to see in the future? Um, I see it more. I mean, I think the CD. I think they still make CDs. Yeah, it's kind of, um, almost not something you see anymore because the music is available immediately when the artist when the artist release re- releases the music. It's immediately available for purchase on in, in on any format. In yeah. other words, you don't have to wait and buy a, a physical album or a physical C D.
0: Well you don't even have to
1: buy it on the streaming service. You can now. listen to it without yeah, buying it just gets it just gets released. Right. Right. And then it's it's there. Yeah. So that's that's very different. I'm not, you know, really it's hard for me to wrap my head around how these music artists are making money if they're just releasing music out into the atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, how are how are they um how are they making money on that but um obviously i would love to see um and and to a certain extent um i think classic rock is still i mean there's still a um still has a following yeah there's still a you know a base following that um classic rock and roll and, and i don't think that'll ever change i would like to see um you know we talked about Brian Setzer earlier i I'd, I'd like to see some of the um especially him i would li- i would like to see him recognized i know there was a big push several years ago um for him to be inducted into the the hall of fame the rock and roll hall of fame and yeah if if ever anybody deserves that honor it's him as far as you know we touched on it earlier about how many genres of music that he has touched and um you know writer composer um producer uh, uh phenomenal um musician mm-hmm. um i think uh i think he deserves it <laughs> yeah and i it's think become a brian setzer commercial yeah.
0: i th- yeah <laughs> um but I think that's one thing that especially the streaming services that we have now and the the technology is is going to allow for his music to be around for generations yeah absolutely while he has not been recognized yet i I mean once we have this catalog of music that shows the history of music that allows for him to potentially one day be inducted yeah you know and and without that technology his who knows a few generations from now his music could have just been kind of forgotten and left to the wind, but sure. because he stayed, he has stayed relevant up until this point.
1: I think his name's going to be that be around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, the technology that we have today definitely allows that you can go back even to the, even to the twenties, you yeah. know, we're talking about big band music and um, you know, there's a big, a big following for that. And yeah. like you're saying, if, if the music had not been recorded and if it had not been remastered and, and put in the format that we all, consume now it would be forgotten but because it's available yeah you can listen to whatever kind of music you want
0: yeah I think it's great to see the way that it has progressed I mean there's definitely I think some negative effects but um, I'm really uh, optimistic for the future of the music industry and the technology um, that we have now and just to see what's next it I'm excited I'm excited for it yeah all right. Well, thank you for joining me, Dad. Absolutely. Um that's, Son. <laughs> um, that's all we've got for you this week on Are You Listening? Uh, be sure to check out our Instagram at Are You Listening Pod or our blog located at naron1227.wixsite.com forward slash mysite dash one. That's n a a r o n 1227.wixsite.com forward slash mysite dash one. Thank you for listening to Are You Listening? with no Aaron. If you want to listen to some more episodes, be sure to be looking out for each new episode, which debuts every Friday at 1 p.m.